Welcome to another edition of The Best Business Mind, hosted by serial entrepreneur and author Mark Kramer. Tune into The Best Business Minds to listen to thought-provoking interviews with best-selling business book authors who are today's leading innovators, entrepreneurs, and industry experts from around the globe. Welcome to another edition of The Best Business Minds, where we interview business leaders and academics that write thought-provoking books. I'm Mark Kramer, a serial entrepreneur who consults with family businesses and entrepreneurs. And for the next year, I'll be teaching entrepreneurship from Binh University in Hanoi, Vietnam. Today, please welcome podcast expert Elaine Clark, author of There's Money for Where Your Mouth Is and Voiceovers for Podcasting. Elaine, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Ah, uh, Elaine, your, your book was fabulous. Anybody wants to do what uh, you and I do, mm-hmm. you've got to read this book. I thought it was super informative, very practical. I, I really got a lot out of it and made me think about stuff that I can do for this new podcast I've just launched, Asian, uh, fa- Asian uh, Founders and Funders. So I'm thrilled to have you here. Uh, According uh, to, and let me read some statistics here that I looked up for podcasting. According to Exploding Topics, there are over 3 million podcasts, and the average listener listens to seven podcasts. And according Dystopia and Slam Agency, only 20% of podcasts survive. So your book can really probably up that number and give people a better fighting chance. So let's start off with you telling us about your professional background and how you got into podcasting yourself. Okay, I'll try to keep it short, but I was a theater major in college. I moved to San Francisco and I was doing some plays, but I was a newlywed. So my husband's saying, you're gone too much. So do something else. So someone told me about uh, voiceovers. And at that point, there were only like 50 people doing voiceovers in San Francisco. So I, I, uh, got into the field. And then uh, just a few years later, I started a voiceover school, which I owned and operated for for over uh, 30 years. And then I sold that in 2019. But I during the during the time that I was working with thousands of students over the course of of many years uh, in the mid 90s, um, my I, I thought, well, I should write a book on voiceover. So I wrote a book called There's Money Where Your Mouth Is. And uh, I just broke down all the different ways that you could get into the business because people wouldn't tell me what was going on. And uh, they would just say, that's good or that's not working, but they could never put words to it. So I put words to it in the first version. You can tell that this is kind of a 90s cover. So um, and then then I you know have the uh, this is the current one, the fourth edition. So then um, I guess in 20. Uh, 2019, 2018, 2019, my publisher called up, said, we just had a meeting and we want, uh, we said that your book is so popular that you should be the person who writes uh, a podcasting book about uh, voiceovers and the creative side. So I put together a proposal and then I, you know, and then I got that and I wrote, I wrote voiceovers for podcasting. And uh, then as soon as I went out, people said, no, where's your podcast? It was like, you know. (laughs) <laughs> I'm missing that. So I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll create a podcast series called Real Talking Tips. And in Real Talking Tips, that's where I um, I take little, little sections of the book, and it's a lot of the information, and it's a crossover between both of the books. 
uh, and I will then say, uh, here's what you should do first. And so it's just like a five minute um, uh, informational thing that 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 supports the books. And I'll do a whole bunch of different other series that will um, that will support each of the books even more. But it's I also got a degree in education, so I have that educational component. I'm a communication coach, and so in fact, there, I see someone on here that uh, that is one of my uh, one of my podcasters that I've worked with. Raise your hand, you know Dan, the, the produce man. There we go. And so he's uh, so that's where you, I just work with people on um, getting their podcast together. I'd already been interviewed a fair amount of time over the years for various things. And so it just, uh, so now I, I coach a lot of podcasters um, and, and, and voice actors and business people and people in sales. And it, it's all about communication. It's about how to tell a story and get people to take action. That's really what it's all about. So uh, a question before we get into the questions about the book, maybe two questions before we get to, I see some awards that you've won. What are the awards that you've won? Well, this is, this is one for, uh, for a website. So it, it was an interesting thing when I, uh, if anyone's ever had a business and then you sell it, you think that everything about your life is still going to be there, but it seems to go away with that new business. So I created a business. Um, so I thought, well, this time it's going to be me. So it's elaineclarkvo.com. So I just started putting things in there because I have a lot of background in different areas, whether it's video games, you know, I've, I've either voiced or directed or recorded video games, uh, toys, uh, thousands of narrations, you know, commercials, all sorts of other uh, audiobooks, all sorts of other, other things. So I thought, well, I'll just uh, you know, create this web, this website. So I have a landing page and it keeps growing over time because I'm not, uh, I have a lot of skills. Let's just put it that way. So I, I provide, you know, like writing help, you know, cause I, I uh, write a lot of scripts, you know, over the years and this, and of course, you know, several books now. So that's, that's a little bit of how my, that's what that award is about. So I, I got that. What, what kind of voice do you have to have to do a voiceover? I mean, I keep imagining everybody's voice being uh, deep. I mean, I was on radio for 14 years, but I don't have a traditional radio voice. Uh, I was on for uh, CBS. So what's it take to do voiceovers? Like, how do you get those kind of gigs and what kind of voices are they typically looking for? Well, that's kind of a big question, but uh, sim simply someone with a personality and the goal for anything that we do with our voices for someone to feel something and take action. So that uh, typically in a commercial, and that's where my background comes from, also because I was a media buyer many moons ago and a copywriter uh, for advertising agencies. So it was... Um, so you, you have to find the pain point, which is something that people do in business. You find that problem and then you, you solve the problem. Now, in commercials, where a lot of voiceovers are that people will have in their podcast, you know, the, the problem may just be you have an owie and you need a Band-Aid. You know, other times, depending on the podcast, it be, may be more heavy based on the content. Or, you know, you have, um, you know, 
you have a product that is that is getting antiquated and you need to have it improved, you know, or or modernized. So everyone has a problem every single day. So that's really what the process is about, about taking us on the arc of a story from problem to solution. So that's uh, someone who's a good storyteller who connects with an audience. It's not really about the voice. It's about how you connect with people, which is very similar to podcasting. If you're resonating with someone, then they will listen. If you're not resonating, they go, eh, next. You know, it's just not clicking with me. Well, then let's jump right into it. So why did you write this book? Well, um, I had, well, there's money where your mouth is, was a calling. And I, I, um, and I just pitched, um, pitched a publisher at that point it was I was with Random House and they just said okay so you know I wrote it and I stayed for the first two books with Random House and then I I switched to to Allworth Press for the the next two and that's why then they they found me for the for the voiceover for podcasting book and I put in hundreds of hours of research because uh, I wanted to find out really what podcasters went through um and I then applied my advertising background to it. So uh, the I think the main thing I was on Podfest and I presented uh, presented something. It's about the horizontal versus vertical format, and that's really just based on um, on what radio stations and TV stations do. So if it's like talk radio. It's more, it's a vertical format because they have different people at different times talking about different topics, but it's all on the same channel. And then there's, you know, you might have a rate, uh, com, uh, a music station that just plays classical music. So it, that's a horizontal. So that's why when people are deciding on their format, do they want to have a lot of variety within the with with the the host being the the glue, or do you want to dive deep into a particular topic, and then just continue on that as a horizontal? So you know you you uh, for instance, uh, Mark uh, interview um, authors and business yeah. people. So that is a, that's a horizontal with different people. If you were to to then say, but I interview people who are authors and they're they're um, uh, baseball players and and um, farmers, then that would be a vertical format. And then you'd have to find the glue that holds all that together. What is it? Is it about obstacles that you've over, uh, overcome? Is it you know what is the what's the threat? So that's yeah, and mine strictly business book authors, not out, outside of that. Mm -hmm. uh, what genres of podcasts do you work with? Well, I, uh, you know, mine is about, a, uh, about communication coaching, about how to improve speech and how to motivate people to become better speakers and understand more about themselves. But when I coach people, <laughs> it's been, it's been everything from, from, um, you know, kind of really dry material to something that's very exciting. So, um, so it's, I, anyway, so it's just, it, it doesn't, so I kind of have run the gamut, but it's all the same communication issue, relating to an audience, making them excited about something and take action the way you want it. And the main issue that people seem to have in podcasts is what I call information dumps. 
So it's just like, ugh, they're just dumping information on the listener rather than putting it in a storyline that they can take in and leads them to the ending of it. So that's why I work with people on, you know, you, this is great information, but we're building the rhetorical triangle of ethos, logos, pathos. So you have your logic, your emotion, and your, and your authority all there. So that's what I, I, I'm, I really work with people who I'm excited by that human being, by that person. They're bringing uh, something to the project that I, I'm more connected to uh, individuals, you know, and then then what they're selling because their their spark, their excitement excites me. Of course, same with me dealing with entrepreneurs when I'm teaching them. What kind of equipment should you have when you're doing a podcast? Well. Uh, the thing that's interesting about podcasting versus um, uh, voiceovers, voiceover, you know, like if you're a freelance voiceover for commercials and video games and uh, et cetera. So, and their corporate narration, you're, everyone's in a box, you know, you have that, you know, you have a room or a space that's designated to, to really good sound quality with a microphone that hangs down. For podcasts, it's more about the reality and about being around people and having a good quality sound, but you don't have to have as a nice a microphone. So, so the one that I'm talking on is, you know, is like a $120 microphone, but the one, uh, one I have in my studio is a $3,500 microphone. So wow. that's really the difference is that the qual and I have a preamp and a whole setup but but for a lot of podcasts, it's just about let's just pretend like we're in each other's you know space. So it doesn't de doesn't demand that same kind of quality. Maybe in a, in a couple of years that will be the case. But there are microphones that do noise cancellation around it, so it focuses the sound a little bit better. You mentioned as part of your pre-production checklist, coming up with a business plan. Do most podcasters just wing it when they're starting this and, and what should be in the business plan? Well, I think starting any business plan, you need to then figure out why you're doing it. Why is the biggest question that anyone can ask? Why am I doing this? And then what am I going to get out of this? And more, most importantly, what is my audience going to get out of this? And so one of the, the surprises, and then you mentioned it earlier, Mark, is that they, that sometimes what you think that you're you're doing it for a certain purpose you get the perks of of tickets to a to a, a game you know that that was not part of the business plan but that was part of the recognition that you get and appreciation so i think if someone starts out with i, I want financial gains i want people to know who i am you know and all that other stuff i think that that's a that's a, a huge heavy lift that someone has to do and said you know, just think about uh, I'm the reason why I'm doing this is because I have this uh, this information. I have a knowledge base that I want to or a natural curiosity that I want to share with people so that they get just as excited as I as I do about this product. Yeah, that's why I started the best business minds. I love reading business books all the time. And I thought, how cool would it be to interview the authors? Absolutely. So, and that's why I, I, communication has been my life, I guess, since I was, a, you know, I got a, you know, a theater speech communication degree and a degree in education, you know, way back when in the, in the old days. And uh, it was interesting prior to the show, we were talking about how, uh, and how things have changed for women when I started my first, well, first professional business, I, you know, um, I, I was, 
I was 22 and I told everyone I was 25 because it sounded so much older. And That's three years. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Now they're going to respect me. But I also had a lot of pushback being female. But that's where there's an interesting thing that happens in voiceover. Um, and it's probably the same thing. You know, I think it's something that happens in life. The, uh, but in, in the voiceover field, when someone turns 40, all of a sudden they have to make a change in how they do things. Because prior to that, you were doing it a lot with gusto and with and with um, and with attitude. I can do this and perseverance. And then uh, 40 plus, it's about storytelling. I have so many stories to tell. I have so many life experiences. And so there, for some people who have dealt with attitude their whole life, that transitional time can be a little bit tricky. Yeah, I think so too. And and you are um, better at it, but you're right. You're bringing more to the table as you get older. Uh, question from the audience. Even Bill Gates has his own podcast now, but without being disrespectful to him, he's so boring and his voice is not exciting. Hard to understand why somebody like him or his team could get it wrong. What advice do you have for getting new starters on podcasting? Well, um, one of the things I work with is the is the through line of a story. And the through line is your point of view. So if you have, if you're not sharing your point of view, it can get really dull. And so that's where I created a, a, a concept and send both of the books called Making It Mine. So the M is for motivation. That's the reason why you're doing it. And it will change from episode to episode um, because you're solving a different problem. You know, just like when you're talking to different uh, authors, they have different issues that they're solving. And then on the other side is the um is the need so the motivation is the reason why you're doing it and the need is what you want is a is like a boomerang so if i need I have a need for for excitement if you're not excited i don't get it if you just have a need for knowledge you can hear how it just falls flat you know so there's has to be knowledge with something else that has an emotional component. So, uh, so that's why the, the other letters, uh, um, I and M-I-N-E is about intentions. T intentions are actions. So in order to meet my need, I have to do this thing and that thing and that thing that are all actions. And then for uh, E is emotions. So how do you feel about it? If you're not sharing how you feel about it, we don't care. And that's why um, the majority of the people I work with have um have the triangle off of of logic emotion and authority so let's say that it's a new podcaster they're pushing their authority really hard because they want people to know that they know what they're talking about so that's where when i i when i work with them i just say okay let's go to phase two let's assume now that you have two million followers so people know who you are okay so let's work now on, uh, and you have your, your logic is there. So that's all great. But now let's work on the emotional content of it. Why? Uh, so that we balance that triangle. And that's the, that's the hard part. So someone like Bill Gates is, is the triangle is unbalanced. So it's more about logic. And that's why people find it, you know, not quite thrilling, but the information is good but you have to sit there and really hang in there to get it. 
And most people want to be spoon fed, you know, so that, you know, oh, I'm supposed to feel this way about this. Oh, that's really exciting. Thanks for sharing it with me. I, I was working with uh, a CEO, uh, I mean, a CFO of a company that he would always, um, uh, when they would do the quarterly reports to the to the shareholders, he would always report the the financial figures, but it was always flat. And I would say, well, I don't know if that amount of money is good or bad based on your projections. And he said, well, it's just numbers, and they should all know the numbers. I said, but you know, if I wanted to make, uh, if my if my projection was was five million, but I made one million, you know, that is. I would then go, well, I would be have a neutral voice. But if I made 10 million when I was hoping to do five, then I need to go. And then we made five, you know, and our and our budget one, uh, our our net income is now 10 million. So now people go, oh, I'm supposed to like that. But people don't inherently spend the time figuring out how they should feel about things. So that's why just pure logic uh, is very tough to just hang in there and listen to. Is there a formula for successful podcasts, which you start with in your book? You talk about this kind of formula. What is the formula for a successful podcast? Well, I having a good concept, having a dedicated staff, I think that the, the people, it's very hard for an individual to have to do all those jobs. Podcasting is difficult. And that's why there's pod fade. You know, people go, oh, my goodness, it is. It becomes a job. Um, at a certain point. And so um, having the best team around you possible and knowing what your skill set is and someone else's, well, someone else can do something a little bit better. Um, and for individuals, some people are, uh, go, and I sort of fall into this trap, you know, going, well, I can do it all. Well, because over the years, I've developed a lot of skills, but not everyone has that, that skill or should be spending their time in all those different areas in order to grow, grow the brand. So having, uh, and also conciseness. I think the other thing that people do that is um, sort of a game changer, or it's very hard to build your audience is if you are, if you spend too much time just doing the little chit chat, nothing's happening, blah, 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 blah. I like to know what I'm going to expect, have it happen, have a wrap up of what I just got. And so I get excited about that whole process. So it's like, hi, I'm so-and-so and this is what I'm doing. And then are you, have you ever had this problem? Blah, 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 blah. Well, this, now we're going to find out how to solve that problem with this. Take it, uh, here's an example, blah, 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 blah. You talk about that and then go, but you know, along the way, you may have this other little problem. Here's another way you can deal with it so you can get to this. So then we go, oh, okay. That's easy for me to take in that information and learn from that process. So if we're just information dumping, a lot of times people don't know what to do with that information dump. They just go, I got smart today, but then they go to a dinner party and then they say, well, I heard a really good podcast. It was about a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it was good stuff. I can't really remember anything about it, but I liked it. You know, instead they should go, uh, they go in and say, I just found, found out how to create the best podcast ever. And I'm going to do that. And I, and I found the solutions. I realized the problems that I've had, and now I know how to solve them. So that's really what, what we want to work toward is letting people know and getting right to the punch without a bunch of, you know, 
you know, talking that's unnecessary because it's someone else's time. And not everyone has the time for all the chit chat. Now, I mean, a chit chat can be a minute or so, but sometimes they go on like five or 10 minutes in certain podcasts and they haven't gotten to any content and we don't know where it's going. And so it's very hard to hang in with those sorts of podcasts. Oh, and another way um, that uh, it could be is that you, if you know what your different segments are and how you're going to format your podcast, then it makes it easier for you to figure out how to monetize it. So that's where you can go, ah, in this block, I can then go to these uh, types of uh, advertisers and see if they're, they'll they'll support this. Um, if you go to this, this, create this other block, maybe that's another group so that you have a format that naturally falls into where the advertisers should come in. We're going to they talk just about arbitrarily fall, you know, do whatever. There's something about AI and I see over here. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about that uh, as well. So we have another question from the audience. What do you think of AI voiceovers? At the moment, it sounds very basic and unhuman. But do you think one day we will have AI voiceover replacing humans? Well, um, when AI voices learn to feel and when they've had breakups in relationships, they've had hurts, they've had successes, they have the emotional range that a human being has, then we're in, you know, voice actors are in trouble. And podcasters are in trouble. That's a lot of life experience that every individual has had that comes into our voice, that comes into our story. So there are AI voices that are out there, but you will realize that they're hollow. You know, there's it, there's a voice, but one of the things that we know in voiceovers and in podcasting, it's not the voice that gets the audience. It's, it's the information and how it's delivered. So it's... Um, so that's, you know, and of course, they're going to continue to work on it. So it has that humanistic feel. So I think that what was it Scarlett Johansson and, and uh, uh, her, you know, when Joaquin Phoenix fell in love with the voice on his phone, you know, yeah. you know she sounded pretty damn good, you know, <laughs> but she, she was recording good. all the lines herself. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like they put it all together in A.I., you know, that it was recorded in a way. So that's the goal, you know, is to have it sound very personal and other stuff. But we'll, I mean, hopefully that doesn't happen in my lifetime. That's what I'm counting on. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, another question from the audience. I'm entering, uh, entering season two of my podcast. I started it to have great conversations about fashion business as a designer and clothing store owner, but also want to build authority in that area. How do I start getting invited to fashion events like Fashion Week as press or being paid to speak on the subject? I've reached out to coordinators of events and emailed events contacts, but no offers and haven't reached the threshold to get monetized. Just trying to figure out how to build it. Everyone's looking for how you can help them. And when you approach something of how can you help me, it's very hard to get to open the doors. So what you have to do is say, this is by having me come in, this is what I can provide you. So just sort of, it might be just a little tweaking of how you approach the, the information, uh, how, how it's structured in your, whether it's a press release, whether it's, you know, an email or a phone call, how you structure it 
to to get attention. And of course, the easiest way to get in various places is through recommendations. So if one person can lead to the next person and lead to the next person. So that's uh, your network is probably your best source. So because, you know, everyone's afraid of the cold call and how we're going to be taken advantage of. But if you say, but so, you know, I've, I've worked with these people and this is, you know, they recommend that I, they suggested that I contact you. They're going to go, okay. But there's still the armor on that people have because they've been burned. We've all been burned. So we have to then make them go, oh, I don't have to worry about you. You're going to help me in this other area. And, you know, without working with you personally on how to do that, I can't give you exact information, but that's more generalistic of how, how you just sort of change the mindset to helping other people. I, I also think um, in her question, and, and this is just a thought on my part, is that if you went to the fashion shows and said you would be doing your podcast from there and interviewing people from there, that might be an extra value that they're offering that they can say will enhance the value of their event itself. And maybe if you started with lesser fashion uh, events and show some track record of how that added value, you might be able to work your way up the chain to where you're at the major shows and develop a major following. It's just a thought on my part as I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I kind of think of things in an entrepreneurial way. Uh, our next and that's question. an excellent suggestion, I would just say. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, my show, as you can see, is a combination of audio and video. I do live because it gives the audience a chance to speak to the guests, as we've seen today. The guests like being in front of a live audience. I found that very early on that the authors loved it. What podcasts benefit best by, by doing my format? And what works better, just audio and pre-recorded? Oh, um, you know, that's a personal uh, thing because there is an excitement about the live, but most live shows, uh, it's kind of funny. Some live shows have a lot of ums and ahs and dead time with the interviewee. So uh, a video version of it could be a little bit slower moving than an audio version where the ums and ahs can be cut out. So, so there's, you're talking about several different animals of how to go about it. So what does happen with the live audience is there's another level of excitement. You get some other questions that you might not have known about that will that will stimulate conversation. So that's that's fun. And then you can watch it in the you know um, when it's once it's posted. So it's it's also about how people like to be prepared and how how much control you want over the situation because some things are just really a difficult situation to then make it live while you're walking let's say we're just walking through the fashion show when we're making it a live show and then what if you know no one talks to you you know you're there's a danger there but if you have it pre-recorded but you know, then it's, uh, or you can do both. I mean, that's why I start with the small ones and then move up to the big ones when you have your, your system of how, how to do things. So um, anyway, so it's, you know, there, you have to deal with the audio quality, you have to deal with the timing and uh, anyway, so there's just a lot of, a lot of stuff to think. A about. lot of moving parts. Uh, you write about seven different podcast styles. Can you tell us what they are? 
<laughs> you know, I'd have to go and look at it again to tell you the styles, but these are the ones that when you're working on your genre, you, uh, you want to figure out where you fall into those, um, into those genres. So I have, uh, a chapter, this is chapter, uh, three and, uh, voiceovers or podcasting, but it's, uh, the, um, you know, so something that has to deal with the arts, audiobooks, biography, business, children, culture, education, entertainment, history, hobbies, influencer, languages, music, news and information, philosophy, politics, religion and spirituality, science, self-development, social sciences, sports, technology and travel. Almost now I'm probably anything. leaving something off, but that's now within your your area within that it might belong to multiple places that you would get it posted within. And sometimes it just fits right into um, audiobooks, fits right into audiobooks. But what if the audiobooks is a business related audiobook? Is it business and audiobooks? So these are ways that you promote it, you know, out out to the this this people who listen. Uh, what's the formula for building a big audience and making money? I mean, I think most every podcaster goes in with the idea that they're going to have tens of thousands, uh, maybe more follow listeners, and, or that's what they're hoping for. And they want to uh, create this revenue stream so they can do it from anywhere. As I, uh, my three years, I've been doing it all over the world, my podcast. So what's the formula for building a big audience and making money? Uh, conciseness, directness, great information, and uh, uh, and knowing how to market it, you know, because it's it's this is where you'll have to, you know, probably get consultants in the various areas. But if you have this idea, and it's a big idea that that you know within your uh, your niche that people will be very interested in that, then you have to get you you have a nice title that's going to grab their attention. You have. Uh, and you have to to put it together in a way that people go, wow, I have to listen to this. This is this is information and they and they're going to tell their friend. Now, what the majority of people do is they say, this will be fun, especially during the pandemic. I think I want to do a podcast. This will be fun. I'll put one together. And then then you listen to it and you go, OK, but that would looks it's a vanity piece. It's not helping someone. You know, so the vanity pieces uh, that just talking about, look what I've done and this and this great tend to not last. But the ones that say, oh, you've hit on something that I've been wondering about, or you're uh, so intriguing. I listen to you um, uh, as, I'm, as I'm walking to work every day, which might be from upstairs or downstairs these days. But um, uh, so anyway, that's the, if everyone, if I could give you a formula for everyone being successful, we all would be making tons of money on it. But there's yeah, I, no I, one formula. I, I agree. I agree with you. And by the way, I'm three plus years into it. And the discipline you need to do it. And that, mind you, my show is booked now to almost the end of December of 2024. So I'm almost booked a year and a half in advance uh, now. But the discipline you need, because every week I'm reading a book, every week, you know, I have to market it out, all these different things. And if you don't have that discipline, it's very hard uh, to uh, create something that will be some modicum of success. Don't you agree? 
Absolutely. I think that most people are surprised how much time it takes to do a really good podcast. So, uh, you know, and then I know that when I was starting mine and I have it on YouTube as well as, you know, all the audio formats um, and on my website, but it's, uh, but I realized, okay, now I need to upgrade the camera. Okay. Now I need to, to have better sound treatment. How every time you, you get a certain place, then you see a way to improve it to the next level. But I think when you're improving it, it means you're moving forward and new technology is out there all the time that solves your problem. So this is uh, so true. A question from the audience. These days, podcasting is also used as a form of search engine optimization tool to increase traffic to websites. If the aim is SEO, should it be done differently? You need to have a good title. One of the things you want to do is research what people are looking for in that genre. And then uh, have uh, have some sort of sentence in there because they have headings and subheadings that the SEO is looking for so that you have a title that if someone just says um, where to find the best business minds, you know, or uh, something uh, like uh, good business audiobooks, you know, whatever it is that people might be be. Um, uh, doing a, a a search, that's how you set up your SEO. So, uh, and then having them posted on your website, and then you have to go back in on the on the uh, backside, and then you have to optimize it too. So, knowing how your where your postings are and how your website is is uh, situated uh, is good. And I suggest for everyone, at least at the beginning, uh, have someone show you what's going on behind the scenes and then learn how to do it yourself a little bit so that, and even if you, you, you outsource it later on, so you go, aha, this is what I need to do. Cause otherwise you're saying great stuff, but then, uh, the SEO is missing from it, you know, so that's, and you're going to always go back and change, how it's how the SEO is written, or maybe the title is going to be written based on whatever new way that they're searching for stuff. That's the thing is once you've got it figured out, they change it. So, yay. How, how big an <laughs> audience or what is the advertiser criteria for making money? So, you know, as I said, everybody wants to make money or most people do on their podcast. I'm not so essential for me. Uh, and I get offered every week from folks who want to do it but to me the what they want to do is not worth corrupting what i i'm trying to accomplish here so how big an audience do you need to get advertisers interested i mean they they want you to have you know if you the more people you have 5000 is usually like a minimum you know of, yeah. of subscribers then you have you know once you have a million subscribers and you know and downloads it becomes easier um, if you can show with less that you're an influencer, that you are presenting information that's helping people in certain areas, they will come to you. So, uh, so, so now what appears to be happening from different people I've talked to, uh, and worked with is that, um, if they're building it, but people are really, uh, resonating with that story, you know, a company that they might not have thought of before will come to them and say, will you wear this shirt? You know, what can you wear this hat? You know, what? Uh, and then they in order, uh, how about this jewelry? You know, and then put that in. So it's just like all these other 
things that people will come to you and ask to do, or I realized in that one, you were talking about um, uh, how to build a house and I have, uh, and I, I sell building plants. You know, I'd like to come to you because you're talking about that stuff. So part of it is the, the podcast are doing the research to see what other stuff is out there that they can then say, Hey, uh, I'm building my audience, but I think we're a good fit. And if you have a great personality and the way that they're they're you're presenting it um they they might say yes or you give them a deal and that next that one will then bring in another person who might pay the pay the bills more but it's you know advertising has always been the you know been the the thorn in everyone's side you know so from radio and tv you know through podcasting so Here's a question for you when I was reading the book. What do you mean when writing? How do you want to tell your story? What do you mean by that? Well, there are um, a zillion different ways to tell the story. And you have to, that goes back to the making it mind system of knowing what the problem is and what the need is, the mo moment before and the need. And so deciding on that every time is huge for the arc of the story. So that's how... Uh, it, it influences you. So if uh, if this, let's just pretend like on this um, this show that I had uh, had a need for entertainment. Um, so it would be like, if things been dull, well, then you got to watch the show. It's so exciting. This is what's going on. This is wonderful. It's a different story arc. But if it's a one that's about um, uh problem solving a difficult situation. So it's like, are you dealing with this other thing? So that might be done more compassionately. So it's gonna influence emotionally how you present the information. And that also makes it more exciting for the listener because they know that you are invested in it, not just intellectually, but emotionally. You write about three status levels that are valid and appeal to listeners. What are they? Um, it's the the you have the 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 high status, which is usually the business owner, and then middle status, and then then lower. So it's there are, um, and this is also in in uh, chapter three. So the high status, medium, and low status. So high just means that you're saying I'm the I'm the owner of this company. I've done this research. I've been here all the time, and based on this information of my experience, this is what you need to do. So you don't have to think about it anymore. I've done it all for you. So that would be a high status based on your wisdom and knowledge. The medium status would be someone like who would work at the uh, work within the store that knows their their job, uh, but they haven't made the higher decisions to put that stuff in the store. They, you know, the, the owner has then said, we want to sell these products. And so now the medium status is then going, oh, come on in. I want to show you something that's really cool. And this is how I found that most of my customers really like this. And this is what's really, really nice. And then a low status is, is a consumer that loves it so much that they spread the word. They go, you know what? I just watched the best podcast ever. I, that was my first time I've ever watched one. And this one really is what you need to do. So that's, they're all statuses are necessary, but you're coming in from a different point of view. One going, I've done the research for you. This is it. This is the best thing for you. The other one say, we acknowledge everything that's in here and you should really try this out. And the other one going, wow, that blew my socks off. I can't believe that happened. And within any 
situation, you could you could have one episode where you're high status, another one where you're low status. And that's another one where you're medium. And that's okay too, because it also shows that you're human. There's no way we can know everything. And so that could be like, okay, uh, let's say that I want to find out uh, the best tequila. So, uh, uh, but I've tried some, but I decided that I would go to Mexico and see how this, how they make it. Wow. Look at that. That's really amazing. Where this is how it comes, this is where it comes from. This is what's going on. Wow. So that natural curiosity is nice from the low status. Now we're talking to someone at high status going, yes, this has been our family business for a long time. And this is how we go about it. So that's also knowing those different, different levels or come on in. This is the shop where we serve it. You know, this is the bar. Come on in and let's try it. So that's how we, we need all those statuses because that's what life is made out of. You uh, list 23 different categories of podcasts. Which one or type of format garners the greatest interest that people really like listening to? That's a good question. And I, I would probably say business has the biggest. People also like financial. Uh, but audiobooks is huge and um, entertainment. So it, uh, news of a lot of the the national news uh, businesses, you know, have their own podcasts and they have a whole team of people working for them. So, um, but I haven't done the, the stats to say exactly with this stat, this is it, this stat, you know, um, but I'm sure that those, that information's out there. <laughs> um, is it okay to ask your opinion about Tim Ferriss podcast? Are you familiar with Tim Ferriss? Mm, not really. So I guess I'm not the right person to ask. That's okay. Um, what's the best, best tactics to market your podcast? Well, um, I find that um, as far as social media is concerned, that LinkedIn is probably the best because people are more business oriented to that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, Facebook doesn't really work that well for that sort of stuff because people are, you know, they want to see your little kitten put, uh, pictures. I you know, agree so with you about that for sure, because I put people on Facebook, yeah. especially the first year. And I noticed that barely got any hits. Right. And if I put on, I shared a picture of what I just ate, I'd get like 150 hits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause and it's Way to not think about business, I think, on, on Facebook primarily. But in uh, and Instagram, they don't go on for very long, but they're going, that's what I want. I'm not Instagram, but in LinkedIn. Yeah, Instagram also works, but it's really hard with that format, I think. But um, in, in this show, the audience can type in their questions in chat, as you've seen today. And I ask these questions real time. I don't make them wait till the end. What's the best ways to keep an audience engaged? And is it smart to do it the way I do it? The way you personally do it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that being a good listener is is really important when you have a guest. And you're you have your agenda, but you're and you're listening also. So I think when people just have their agenda and they don't, they're so busy thinking about the next question rather than hearing what someone has, has to say, that's when there's, there's an issue. So, uh, and I think just keeping the storyline going and being engaged with it and, and your, 
I think like you already said that you're excited about business. You're excited about authors. You like reading books and, you know, you, you sent me a, a lovely email about, wow, okay, what about these things? This is nice. You know, let's talk some more about it. That, that makes the person who's receiving it feel welcome and interested rather than, an, okay, here's another thing. You know, nice. everyone wants to be appreciated. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what should be the frequency of a podcast and how long time-wise? Oh, I don't think that anything should be over an hour personally. And I think uh, that short ones can be uh, can be really nice. I mean, my mine are just like five minute uh, hits because it's more about having and, and uh, real talking tips is just here's the problem. Here's how you solve it. Here's what you need to practice next. So I, I realized this by separating each of those items out, it gave someone hopefully a week's worth of stuff that they could practice. So rather than talking about it for an hour, they probably will lose what they needed to do. Now, there are other formats where an hour just isn't enough. The topic is so interesting. Uh, but that's where a lot of people will then divide it into two sections. So we'll have uh, our three sections. Some, uh, And this is where I think based on the story for the individual with um, whoever is um, you know, whatever the topic is and how they like, how they like to format their stuff. And more importantly, how many advertisers they have and how many blocks they have for placing those ads. That's what's going to dictate it. So let's say that you start out with a 30 minute program and you had two advertising blocks and you say, I'm going to expand it now to 45 minutes. I'm going to add one more advertising block and then to 60 minutes. And now I have, you know, I have twice as many advertising slots so I can make more money. So, but they need to be quick and easy and slide in in a way that uh, keeps the story going. And that's uh, rather than as a disruption and it gives us a chance to pause, you know, and go away. So finding that clever, uh, clever way of then saying, you know how you have this problem? Well, you can get that solved with this thing from our advertiser. Uh, and then they, they come in. So it feels like all part of the podcast rather than than it's you know let's stop the action and then move forward again so anyway once again there's no one way that works right for everybody a question from the audience some topics don't get very much coverage for example there's not much podcast suitable for children and preteens. why would you think what are the reasons why aren't there more podcasts for them well, that's uh, an interesting thing. And that would be one thing, uh, like in my in my uh, book, I interviewed someone who was doing reviews of children's books because uh, she was realizing that there was a lack of that. So then she would read um, a few uh, children's books and then talk to the author about the children's books. So, but that's that's different. That's for the adults to get it for the child versus a podcast for a child. So. Um, I think some research needs to be done with um, like a podcast for kids because all, and for teens because preteens because they're so visual. They want they want to go to YouTube and they want to see something. And that's why if there's a way of um, of creating a cartoon out of it or making it, you know, with real life scenarios, then they're more likely to see it. So it is a, uh, it is a um, uh, an entertainment challenge. 
Um, what are the three or four biggest mistakes hosts make that's a total turnoff to the audience? I think the the uh, the biggest one is rambling, you know, wasting their time, not seeming to have a point, you know, and uh, but they uh, and saying uh, words like awesome, cool, you know, repeating the same things over and over again. You know, so that's like, oh, I really like that. That's really cool. That's very awesome. Fantastic. You know, rather than moving the story along. So those are just little subtleties uh, that can help help engage the audience more. I just know that, uh, you know, I'm like most everyone that has an attention span of a gnat. So if you can't grab me within the first three to five seconds, I'm gone, you know? So, because there are a lot of other things to listen to. So that's why it's about, here's your problem. You have this problem. This is how we're going to solve it. Let's get right to it. So, you know, and anyone who has their own podcast and you can look at the, the stats, you can see what, how, how long people are in there, how, when they quit listening, it'll tell you, you know, the, the amount of time and stuff. So then you go, okay, how can I reformat that? So I grab people's attention and hold it longer. Cause that's really the challenge with everyone. We've all turned off a TV show because we were bored. Yeah, I, I wonder who did the study on the attention span of a nap. We all say that uh, I have the attention span of a nap. I wonder, has anybody actually done research on a nap's attention span? I would um, say it was probably a spider. <laughs> I guess so. So another question from the audience. My podcast is called Seven Figure Fashion Business. I felt like it had great keywords. Uh, for SEO, but was also worried it was too long. I recently put a sponsorship package together for a small fashion boutiques and designers to advertise on my show for a really low price. Do you think that's the best way to get paid ads without having 5,000 uh, downloads? Or do you know of other ways? I also think it'd be great to offer that to fashion people to get more interviewees on my show. Yeah, incentives are always nice, whatever that incentive is. Um, so uh, what you might want to do, let me just start out with the, the title, like seven-figure fi fashion business. How you create the logo might might be, you know, with uh, seven figures uh, is bigger or smaller than fashion business. You know, how you create the, the gripping logo that says this is what it's all about. So uh, it may be too long, who knows? Uh, but that's where you see how it can fit in a box. You know, and if it fits in a box well, use it. If it doesn't, you know, you got to rethink it. So, uh, and the sponsorship package uh, is, is a great thought but you still have to figure out, you have to get people to then click it to do that. So have part of it is the chicken and egg. You have to have something that's there should they say yes, rather than going, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Um, let me get something together and send something next week and that, that hot lead is now cold. So you have that thing that's immediate. So sometimes you have to you know, uh, get the chicken before you got the egg. And then that way you're ready for what's gonna come next. And then, um, yeah, it's, and maybe it's something about it's uh, for the first per, you know, first three people or whatever you get X, you know, whether it's a, a gift or whether it's, um, uh, or whether it's you know, like, 
three shows or five shows that you don't have to pay for or something that they see, you know, that that incentivize, incentivizes them to, to continue. So, um, and you, this is one of the things about moving forward is not being afraid to, to give certain things away in order to grow the business. Do you, do you think a podcaster should get voice coaching? Uh, and if so, what should be the criteria for picking the right coach? Well, I, I mean, that's, that's what I do. And, and sometimes it's a good fit with who I'm working with. And sometimes it's not, it really has to deal with what their needs are. And so I look at things from a full perspective of, you know, how is a podcaster getting their brief? So is it, you know, a bunch of information, you know, if they have a research team that's doing the stuff, and then it's kind of a, you know, the information is good, but it, it's for, it, it's not creating a storyline. So uh, uh, that's why I might work with the writer, you know, and say, let's, let's do that. If it's, um, um, if it's about how do you, you know, how do you present your information better? I mean, I, I was just working with one uh, yesterday and said, we just have to uh, create uh, the, the show's going too fast. We just have to slow it down. So then, you know, it, it's a, a team effort, you know, two people working together. And then I just listened to them, watched how they were doing it, found that that needed some transitions and, and then how to create more of um, uh, theater of the mind performance. And so then, you know, they may come back, you know, never, or they might come back, you know, in a, in a month or so and say, okay, I did that now. Well, what else do we do? So I, I like I think whoever you're looking for, it has to be, I'm looking for this specific thing. So, and, and if that's not the person who does that specific thing, you might want to set up just a quick meeting. Like let's, can we meet for 15 minutes and just see if it's a good fit? You know, and if, if not, you know, go from there. So, you know, I, I, that's what I always start with is like, what do you need to accomplish and how do we, and how can we accomplish that goal in a way that makes you feel comfortable? Cause sometimes I have ideas and they're going, oh, there's no way I can do that. <laughs> that is crazy. You know, they're like, okay, well, that's fine. Let's pull that back. That was just the out, an idea way out there. Let's try this. And then some people take things like you throw out the kitchen sink and they do it all. And other people just need to focus on one little thing. Are there any legal issues you have to be concerned with? And, and what type of attorney would you contact to help you with this? Oh, well, um, I have my attorney, but I don't know whether that's the same person for everyone else. I mean, is so there think... any legal issues that you say the your podcasters Here's things you need to be thinking about from a legal perspective. Yeah. I mean, I have, uh, I mean, I just put a, you know, a little thought about, about legal stuff. If, if you're offering advice that could backfire, then you need to have some, have, you know, get some legal advice, what you're doing. If you're just saying, um, if, when you're going into the store and you need to buy a shirt, here are the colors of the right color shirt for you. I don't think that there's really any legal grounds for someone suing you because they bought a pink shirt rather than a blue. Maybe I'm wrong. There are always surprises. But uh, but that's where you have to think, am I, 
where could I get in trouble? So I think people who have big podcasts have their, you know, have their legal team look through stuff or they just know, I think more importantly, how the, the listeners will then get irritated or excited about something. They write something about, I hate it when you do blah, 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 blah. Why did you do that? And we have, then they go, okay, well, this is something I want to say, but I know it's going to make part of the audience angry. Is it worth it? That's, that's more of what, what they're dealing with. But I think anyone who is getting into it should, should get some sort of legal advice um, just to make sure that you're not, you know, going, you're going to do something that's, you know, get someone in trouble. By the way, and every state has different laws. Yes. So, you know, if you're doing your podcast in Pennsylvania, and I'm not saying, you know, that there are laws in Pennsylvania, but I'm saying that every state has uh, different laws regarding liable and other uh, issues that you should be aware of. So it's good to maybe get with a communications attorney to ask him, since you're like a radio station, uh, yes. about things that you need to be uh, concerned with. So here's the last question. Well, let we me just to- let me just add to that before you get to that, but just like, but that's why having a disclaimer, these are my suggestions. You can do whatever, you know, however you want to word it. That would be the thing that you would want to add to your podcast. Just that disclaimer. So, so here's the very last question. We are basically out of time here, but how is AI going to impact podcasts? I mean, what do you see is happening here? Well, I think that some people are using AI to write some scripts, but I would say to come up with, to save some time on the creation of the script and the concept, but know that that uh, AI doesn't know what's good and bad information that's out there on the web either. It's just pulling stuff. I, I and whether you've ever done chat uh, GPT to, to yourself, but I'd say 80% of my stuff was wrong. Uh, it's like I'm like 10 years older than I am. I had gone, went to this other college. I wrote several books and was in some some movies that I wasn't in, but not the ones that I have been in. So it was like, wow, this is very, very interesting. So it's pulling. And if you have uh, a name that other people have, it's pulling their information in as well. So that but some people will use it as their starting point. And then I think it needs that human touch to make it sound good. Otherwise, you don't know if what you're saying is right or wrong. True. Elaine, it went too fast. I so enjoyed having you on. And I felt that you've gave such uh, quality information. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. It was a pleasure. So, um, and I just, you know, one of the things that I like is is working with people. So if anyone want to... check me out, then, you know, you can do that to elaineclarkvo.com. And we gave them your email. So if they Mm -hmm. want to reach out to you. Fantastic. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you all next Friday. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Best Business Minds. Tune in every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time for our live recordings. Go to www.thebestbusinessminds.com for more information and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter to be kept up to date with our upcoming guests and other bonus material. See you next time.